0: And that's open to everybody, uh, and you can pay them directly. And then, if you're coming to Welcome to Access today, you can. Um, we have a ticket for you. Maddie's here somewhere, and uh, back in the back, and you can see her if you're going to Welcome to Access, and she'll have a, a complimentary ticket for you. And then uh, we have our group from Arbor Brook. Uh, I'm sure Boris or somebody has some tickets for you guys. So. But it's open to anybody, but I'd uh, love to have you at Welcome to Access as well. So plan for, for that later today. You guys, we've been in, uh, talking about uh, the new year. It just kind of fascinated me that, um, you know, the calendar changes, but uh, a great comfort is that it's still the same God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we uh, are now in week seven uh, of, of sharing with you some elements of, of, of what that looks like for God to have not changed, to be exactly the same and and that's where I'll continue with this morning. I'm going to share with you from Mark chapter 5. We're going to be looking at the woman with the issue of blood and I'll also note for you, um, we won't take time this morning, but if you want to look at the um, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 20 through 22 also uh, capture this moment in the life of Jesus, and then also Luke chapter 8, and I would look at verse 40 through 48, that uh, all capture this, and, and collectively together you see a very rich passage here that I, I think has been helpful for me this week, and uh, i I pray that it will be helpful for you as well. Let me begin reading in Mark chapter 5 and verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came Behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction." Father, we thank you for the time already this morning. God, it's been refreshing. But I pray in these next few minutes, God, give us, uh, give us ears to hear and give us a heart to receive. God, something fresh, something new from your word that will speak to us, that will challenge us, that will allow us to see Jesus today, that the scriptures may come alive. And that there may be application for every person in this room today. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'm diving into this and I I do want to say for a moment too, uh, we have for several weeks praying for people at the end of the service. I'm going to do that again today over on the side. Uh, We've been praying for the sick. We anoint with oil. We prayed for other needs as well. We'll do that at the end. But in terms of prayer, I know some of you are here for the first time, but um, we always invite you to the front. You're invited to do that. And we have people that would pray with you. Sometimes you need that because your faith is low and you need to link arms with someone else. We have that available for you. Uh, other times you need, uh, Scripture says, confess your sins one to another, and you need to be able to do that. And we have those people. You also have those moments where you just need you and the Lord. And we want to respect that as well. If you want to f- ever, ever come forward, and you just want to pray with, before you and the Lord, just let that be known. Just someone tries to interrupt you, just just raise a hand. You know, we're not we're not going to force you to do that. There's also the possibility and the option. I'm going to come down here a second, okay. But you know, I, I can also turn this area into an altar of prayer too. This chair can be my altar of prayer. You don't, you, don't have to go, you don't have to travel a whole di- lot of distance. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there's freedom. And we just want you to be able to respond to, to the invitation that the Lord gives to you. Because that's all that, when we get done preaching, sharing, the, the entire experience is about a response time. What is God speaking to you? And how do you respond to his invitation? There's freedom to do that. In this passage, we see a lady with a, a flow of blood for 12 years. 12 years is a long time. I've lived in Guatemala now for 17 years. That's more than 12. I, I've reflected on that this week. There's many seasons of my life that have gone 12 years, some, some shorter. But 12 years, it's a long time. It, she has dealt with a, a, an ailment a disease, something causing a constant flow of blood and it puts her in a position where it's very difficult for her to be able to operate and live. She would have been, because of this issue of blood, considered to be unclean. And if you're unclean and in, in, in the Jewish religious culture, then uh, you're not to be around anybody else. You have to be excluded. So she's having to try to, cover this up. Uh, she's uh, probably living by herself. Scripture doesn't say if she's married or not. If she was even, probably not living in her home, but would be out and be on the fringes. She would be lonely. She would be excluded from community. If you've been watching The Chosen, and my family has, but if this, this passage was greatly illustrated about what could have been you know, as she found herself, crowds gathering, the words of Jesus um, being become known. Jesus is, is healing people, and, and so people are coming and looking and waiting for Jesus to come, and they want to hear him teach, and someone to be healed. And it could be that that's why she's around. She has heard. Scripture says she has heard. We don't know for how long, but she has heard that this might be an option. And while this passage is all about physical healing, and and I've looked at this passage from from that viewpoint often, because I I believe in physical healing personally, because I have experienced that in my own family, in my own circumstance, and, and you would never convince me otherwise. And I find often that those who do not believe in any kind of physical healing, there's a lack of experience there. It's, they just haven't had an experience with it, and that's fair. But I have had experience with that, and so I can't dismiss that. And I've read that passage through that lens. But what I also see here is a lady that is rejected by the religion of the day. She is rejected by the community of the day. If you've ever experienced loneliness... Think about what it would be like for 12 years is that you you can't go to the temple. 12 years, you can't go hanging around the dinner table. Folks, you are alone and you are rejected. But it gets worse than that. See, Scripture says that while she's had this for 12 years, she suffered many things. Just based on what we know about uh, the the religious culture of the day, I mean, she's going to be suffered. She could be name-called Rejected, um, downcast, called names. I mean, th- th- there's so much suffering that could go along with that, and that's what Scripture tells us. Also says that many physicians, she, uh, many physicians have tried many things with the best, you know, medical knowledge they have. They've tried to assist her, and and, and it hasn't worked. Scripture says, in verse 26, that she has spent all that she had. I mean, she's broke now. She's tried to find relief, she's tried to find healing, and now she has exhausted all of her resources. And so, if she is rejected and living outside the community, then she's probably camping out. Because no one wants to have anything to do with her. There are no resources left. She spent everything trying to find a solution, trying to find some help. But Scripture says that it, in, instead of getting better, it's actually gotten worse. Anybody? But that's, that's where I see some parallels, not just with the physical healing need, but also with that which is the spiritual need of the hour. Then oftentimes we seek relief and we seek solutions and so many other things to the point that we perhaps have spent all that we have, all the time, all the money, seeking everything else, and still we are not satisfied. And we're lonely. And we've not found the solution in religion. We've not found the solution in the community and in the crowd. And that's the situation we see with this lady. There is a physical need. Yes, she needs healing. But she finds herself, and, and it's to the point that there's a, there's a crowd. As, as you read all three of these passages of the gospel, you will see that, that there's a great crowd that is gathering. And, and, and one passage uh, refers to this as the throng in Luke chapter 8. It says there was a multitude that welcomed him. They were waiting for Jesus to come back. And so when he comes back, they throng him. I mean, we're talking a crowd on every side. And so the lady in the passage here, there's a huge crowd, and yet she maybe knows Jesus has been a healer. Jesus is a solution. I've got nothing else. I've exhausted every other thing I know of every resource, everything that I know of. And so there's a huge crowd, but what are you left with? An opportunity. An opportunity is an invitation from the Lord for you then to take the initiative and take a step. Or you could just get caught up in the crowd and move with the crowd and follow along with the crowd and never get very far. And I've done both. Can you give me that image for a moment? I found a beautiful image. I think it's a beautiful image. But somehow through the crowd and through the feet, able to somehow reach in and be able to get close enough to Jesus to just touch the hem of his garment. I'm just this desperate. I'm just this needy. And I've just got to get to Jesus. I've got to touch the hem of his garment. That's all that I need. But I need the touch of Jesus. I have tried everything else. I want you guys to bring that back as often as you can. Just so we can see that imagery today. But I love how this looks. I love where this is at because here's where we're at today see there's a there's a, the the culture that we're surrounded in this is this is guatemala culture us it's global culture we find the people that are exhausted because we've tried everything else to bring satisfaction we, we, just like the lady in the passage, we have spent our time, we've spent our energy, we've spent our money uh, trying to find some level of satisfaction. Yeah, we've heard that Jesus satisfies, but you've tried everything else. And you're exhausted. And instead of getting better, you've actually gotten worse. That's what you can easily summarize from a culture that is influencing us from every angle. And it also influences the church. You see, we thought that, well, you know, if we, if we get this surgery, you know, it's going to help the way we look, and then we're going to feel so much better about ourselves. And so we spend our savings trying to get this this new look, only to find that it did not satisfy. I was approached in the mall years ago, this was in the United States, and A mall in Florida, and they were promoting uh, some kind of technique to grow your hair. And they they thought I might be a customer, Stanley, can you believe it? And I listened to their spill, and I thanked them, and I I said, you know, I'm just not interested in that. It was a significant amount of money to participate, and they were in shock that I would not choose to have what they were offering so with that I just had a chuckle this week I'm only sharing that because what if I had I mean what if I'd spent thousands of dollars that I did not have did not be able to sacrifice just so maybe I feel a little bit better and I've got a lot more hair up on top of my head today you know it didn't bother me then it doesn't bother me now hopefully doesn't bother you this morning but there's so many things. That's what they're selling. You know, if you'll if you just spend here, just invest here, man, you're going to feel so much better about yourself. Some of you thought, well, maybe that, that job, you know, if I can just get that job because that job is going to pay me so well and I, I, I'm never going to have a financial need after that. It's all going to be good and all going to be taken care of. I just need that job and you got that job, and you got the finances, and you found that it did not satisfy. It's it's about relationship, though, isn't it? Boy, if I just had a girlfriend, if I just had a boyfriend, just had a fiancé, just could get married... Then it's gonna, it's gonna satisfy that sense of loneliness that I have. Let me tell you something. The God who created you, the God who seeks you, and the God who gives you opportunity and seeks your initiative did not create you to only be satisfied when you have the right relationship with someone else other than Him. He's a jealous God. When you seek him first in his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It's not about chasing the girl and chasing the guy. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. You seek him first. That's where you'll find satisfaction. Oh, but you thought, well, let me just get this title. There's a position I want. i got to be the director. i got to be the owner. i got to be the CEO. But once I get this taken care of, once I get through medical school, once I get, once I get this title, this position, I'm going to be the pastor, well, then it's all going to be awesome, and I'm going to be satisfied. still others they think it's a, the substance is the solution I've got a public or maybe even a private substance that has become my favorite go to that will bring peace and joy and you tried that or you know someone who did and discovered that did not bring satisfaction either why is that? Why is it that everything else that we try in this life we spend we exhaust ourselves and we find ourselves in a worse situation than we started with You see culture and entertainment religion they cannot satisfy you and they cannot set you free But here's what I have found is there is an, a man and his name is Jesus and he has not changed He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And only in Him will you find satisfaction, my friend. Only in Him will you find what truly satisfies in this life. And all these other things will be added to you who get your priorities right. He is still the great physician. He's still the one that that saves and renews minds and 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 heals bodies, and even revives churches. That's the Lord that we know. That's the Jesus who said that whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it it will be yours. Asking. But there's always a situation with the crowd, guys. It's been very easy that day for this lady in the passage to just not break through, to not... You know, Jesus is busy, obviously. A lot of people want to talk to him. There's a lot of, lot, of, lot of excuses you can make, and you could just go right on about your day and go right on the, the, the way things were and continue on. Or we could refuse to let the excuse of the crowd around us be why we do not get close to our Lord. Separating from the crowd pressing in i like probably some of you you've seen what god's doing right now be- beginning in, at asbury university a few weeks ago fascinating 50 years and about a week after this great outpouring of the lord it happened back in 1970 happening again and and you see that what's happening in that location Crowds that are gathering. Crowds, some, some very intense, some taking initiative, some experiencing what God is doing, and then others taking selfie videos. Some just going along with the crowd. Some just, some just, hey, I'm there, and this is the cool place to be, and this is location based, and and here I am in Guatemala, and I've got so many around me, but like, we, we can't just pack up and go to go to a location. And then I understand scripturally, too, that, well, goodness, we're we're our temples of the Holy Spirit. And that the same revival that's being poured out at Asbury and spreading to other places should also be able to happen right here where there's willing vessels that want to take the initiative to say, come, Lord Jesus, and so I, I, I'm not, I, I've been able to figure out, you know, theologically and also practically, I mean, we serve a God who is more than willing to pour his spirit out upon those that would be willing to take some initiative. But it might be that we've got a break from the crowd. That break from the crowd. See, James 4, 8 tells us that, that if we draw near to him, that he'll draw near to us. That simple. Drawing near, drawing near. So then it doesn't take a, a democratic vote of the crowd today. I don't have to poll the audience and say, well, you know what, if, if you know, Jesus gives us the opportunity to draw near, uh, who would like to do that? See, I, I don't have to do that. What I can do is make the decision for me that I'm going to draw near with godly confidence that he's going to to draw near to me. But I'm going to take some initiative. Because I want all that God has for me. And as a pastor, I want all of what God has for you. And I'm going to preach, and I'm going to contend, and I'm going to... I'm going to do battle, I'm going to do spiritual battle, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to continue to confess, and uh, and I'm going to share with you how you can do that, and I'm going to challenge you to do so, and encourage you to do so, but whether you decide to go or not, I'm going. In fact, I'm already gone. (laughs) Guys... there's no going back Amen. there's no going back there's nowhere else to go but I stand here today I, I, I feel like that the spirit of God has been poured out upon me and I got nowhere else to go but right here and so if you just want to be part of the crowd well just, just watch me burn up right here <laughs> but I'm going And I'm going in and I'm going deeper. And this is something I've done more than once in my journey with Jesus now 41 years. Every time I I think I'm about to arrive and I receive the challenge, well, let's go a little bit deeper. And I can, and, and, and that puts me in a position to where I can take some initiative and say yes. Or I can put up some blockers and say, well, you know what, I really don't have time for that, Lord. And that really makes me a bit uncomfortable anyway. You know, you begin to touch my emotions a little bit, and Lord, I'm just not ready for that. And I, I So that's the things we do, guys, subconsciously even, to put up blockers and put up walls, and, and yeah, the, the Spirit of God is moving, but we're choosing whether we're going to participate or not. Hello? The woman's decision, she draws near to Jesus. She shifts the direction of where she's looking. It could be for you in your life that it's going to require a change of where you're looking. That your gaze has been on some other things that are probably a little bit worthless if we're really taking inventory today. Because as you shared a moment ago, all the things that you've spent on, you've spent resources of money and time and, and thinking about in the future and here and there, and it might be that you need to shift your gaze to Jesus. Jesus. Do you know it's always been about Jesus? A God who is sovereign, a God who is providential, a God who places you in even places like this this morning in a specific time and a specific hour. And he's done that for you for decades. It's called the goodness of God that we sing about, right? That he placed you in a place years ago and you, maybe you heard the gospel for the first time in a vacation Bible school. And maybe God placed someone in your life and they shared faith with you. And God mentored you in incredible ways. And God provided for you to go to a specific school or get a scholarship. And, and everything that God has done in your life, let me tell you something. It's all been about Jesus. It's all been about so you come to a, faith, uh, a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you know him above everything else in your life and of everything else that competes with your attention and your focus and your gaze. And, and, and some of you get that and have gotten that and there's no taking that away. But it's always been about Jesus. Amen. And that's what happens. We talk about revival. We talk about a desperate situation The GPS or Waze, sometimes it says recalculating. You see, it's recalculating, and sometimes it'll pop up on the screen. Would you like to recenter? Yes, I would, because I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. But that's what God does in times of spiritual renewal and revival. He recenters everything to where he's the center, where he should be, where he always should have been. But it's gotten about everything else. We live, yes, our culture is crazy. Even church culture is a bit crazy. Celebrity Christian, what, what, where did that come from? Who would even be want to be in that? Stop. Professional pastors, professional musicians. God doesn't need all that. He's the center of it all is a savior, and his name is Jesus. And he still heals, saves, delivers, sets free, renews minds. That's the Jesus that I know, and that I'm walking with, and that I proclaim him before you today. That's who he is. He does not change. Change your gaze. You thought religion could save you. You thought relationship would satisfy you. You thought that a sexual experience is would satisfy you and you sit here today and you know that what I'm sharing with you is ringing in, in your heart yes there's emotion there is emotion associated with the move of God the, the ability to, to reach and touch and be so desperate that I've got to get through to Jesus And every time, I've done inventory this week of my own life, every time there's been a major spiritual breakthrough in my own life, there's been a separation from the crowd. I'm 17 and a half, I'm in high school, I'm running with people. Some who who say they're Christian, I, I know they go somewhere on Sundays, they never share faith with me. I'm like written off already. I'm, I, I, I'm the bad guy, and I'm going my own way, and, but somehow, you know, a God who loves me, he cuts through all that junk in anyway, and speaks into my life. But I had to leave the crowd to be able to say yes to Jesus, because the crowd wasn't going to take me there. And so you're contemplating those things in your mind. And I'm wrestling through all those things because I, no, I, I just I haven't grown up in church enough to be able to know. I mean, I'm supposed to come up here and pray. That's why I paused and explained that to you. Because no one ever explained that to me. It all seems weird and all seems foreign when you've never grown up in that. But yet, the Spirit of the Living God is all over me, and convicting me of sin. But somehow trying to speak into my life and convince me that this message of good news of the gospel is for me too. Amen. <laughs> that He can change my life. Right. That He can change me from the inside out. And I know, I know you got phony Christian friends. And I know there's a religious system and there's a whole crowd movement. But a spirit of the living God that's drawing me to an altar of prayer come to come to the end of myself. And quit spending my time, energy, and talent, and, every, and my, wasting my money, and fall fresh on my knees. And I'm, folks, I'm telling you with that, for me, it comes with a great deal of emotion. Whenever, you've, whenever you surrender, there's emotion associated with that. And so there was for me, I just I wept, there's tears everywhere, it's all over my, my clothes, and I'm and I'm just, I'm finding Jesus to be precious to my soul. And I rise from an altar of prayer and I, and then, you know, there's still the crowd around and there were people that were happy for me and they hugged me and they love on me. But let me tell you, not everybody in the crowd was excited that David Fontaine Green had given his life to Jesus Christ. There were religious folks that were honestly disappointed because I was not, part of their denomination. It still stings today. What, what kind of how do you how do you read about the kingdom and you come away with that kind of junk that you would press upon a seventeen and a half year old, not even an adult yet, to say, Well we're we're just gonna see if how this plays out. I had people that were not excited and it was It was the religious people. But you guys, you see the same in scripture. Jesus heals a guy lame on the Sabbath. And he gets up and he begins to shout. And and, and, and he can't help himself. And he's running and he's dancing and he's shouting. And who gets offended? The Pharisees. What are you doing on the Sabbath? How dare you? And the guy's like, hey, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I've been lame since birth. I'm excited. I'm running. I'm going. I'm excited. My emotions are attached. Every time I look over my own life and there's been an opportunity, there's been a move of God, and maybe not everybody was getting it, but it was an opportunity to me to respond to a kingdom assignment, sometimes involved a move, sometimes Just involved. You know, I I don't have time for that hobby anymore. I don't have time to do anything else but pursue Jesus with all I have. And there's always those people that are disappointed with that. What do you mean you're not going to take this promotion? What do you mean you're not taking the career path that everyone else is doing? What do you mean you don't have time? I don't have time. I'm on kingdom assignment. I've got, I've got things to do that I, I have got to touch the hem of his garment. <laughs> That's what I need. That's what I need spiritually. And I feel that again in my, in my bones. I look around and I see God pouring out his spirit all over this, this known world. And, and I, I think, God, I can't go anywhere else. You've called me to be right here. But would you revive me right here? <laughs> Would you renew me right here? Would you pour out your spirit right here? Would you do that for the country of Guatemala, for this community, for my children, for my grandchildren? God, would you pour out your spirit and and let me just be a part of that? And you and I have the same opportunity. You can't tell me you haven't sensed the presence of God in this space. People here for the first time and people here for the 200th time. The Spirit of God, present, ready, willing, inviting. But you're worried about lunch. You're worried about your next appointment. You're worried about your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or or something else. And and I'm trying to call you back from all the distractions to tell you that it is only Jesus who satisfies. Nothing else. Nothing else will satisfy you. You will chase after the wind. You will chase after everything. You will burn up your days. You will burn up your resources. And at the end of the day, you might remember this day and say, he told me it was the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he was pouring out his spirit and drawing us to a place where we could take the initiative and say yes to Jesus once again. Will you join me? That's the initiative. Will you reach out and touch the hem of his garment? (laughs) Oh, God, I believe you're pouring out your spirit once again. (laughs) I can hear the rain falling (laughs) I hear the rain coming, and God, I'm so grateful to walk with you and know you today, and God, with every fiber of my being today, God, I pray that you move beyond my words and speak into the hearts of men. God, we sit here in this place today, and maybe we've heard thousands of messages, but God, you've given me opportunity. You've given me a calling to proclaim Jesus in this place. God, we live in a world, we live in a culture where there's been so much hurt and so much pain and so much disappointment. And yet, God, I have found you to be so real and so above all of that. And God, you've moved me from the crowd into a, into a well that is deep. God, today I pray you do the same for every person within the sound of my voice and listening online God, that somehow you would, you would speak into the heart of man today that you might find some who would take the initiative to recognize today this is the spirit of God being poured out this is not a show this is not for any other purpose or reason then that we might know and walk with the God who is alive, who has not changed. May you find desperate people in this room today, God. Father, Father God, pour out your Spirit upon the flesh that is in this room. God, we pr- I pray today for this church, this assembly. Pray for the churches down the street. Pray for this country. God, wherever your name is lifted up, today with sincerity God may you pour out your spirit may you, be, may you give a freedom in this room today God I don't know what even that looks like but some maybe need to be on their knees for the very first time or it's been a long long time and for some people they need somebody to pray with And for others, they just need to take care of business. That today is business day. It's transaction day. It's a day that there is sacrifice. We're laying it down, Lord. No longer me. I've exhausted every resource. I've exhausted all of my energy. I only want Jesus. If I could touch the hem of his garment. I know I'd find victory. I know I'd find help. Lord, today, may you find Thirsty, desperate men and women of God. Thirsty for a move of God. Thirsty for your presence. They'll break through the crowd. They'll risk the embarrassment. They'll risk the ridicule. Because God, we've had enough of the crowd. We'll leave culture behind today. And embrace on our knees the Jesus that is the same yesterday, today, today, and forever may there be freedom in this place today come holy spirit won't you stand to your feet today let's give him a shout of praise as we get ready to sing in this place today god you are worthy of our highest praise we worship the king of kings and the lord of lords